0: Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for turning a moment into a movement. My name is Jay Love, and the movement was born the day uh, my son Gerard was wrongfully incarcerated for a crime he didn't do, and that birthed the Justice for Gerard movement. And if you want to find out anything, um, if you want to find out more details about that movement, you can go to um, www.change. Dot org slash justice number four Gerard, and to hear about his story and sign the petition. But that movement birthed this movement, turning a moment into a movement. And we come here on Fridays to talk about wrongful convictions, injustice, and to educate our community. Well, actually we're on vacation, but we all agreed if um, something came up that was important that we needed to conversate about, that we would do a pop-up show. So today is our pop-up show. So thank you for joining us. Um, I'm excited about this conversation that we're gonna have today uh, about good time, making good sense. But before we introduce our guests, we're gonna bring on our panel. And um, I haven't seen them in a minute, so I'm excited to see them as well. So greetings. Hey, Jay, Hi Trisha, how How are are you? you?
1: I'm so blessed, so happy to be here with you. I miss you.
0: I know I miss you too. Is <laughs> anything going on good? Um, oh man, you know I the work, know.
1: the work, the work always continues, and um, we're just building on the base of volunteers so that we can move forward stronger. And we do have some things coming up, so please stay tuned to our Facebook page.
0: All right and i saw um let's see who else is on here greetings greetings baraka hey Hey.
2: how you guys doing this evening uh we're doing great. how about yourself (laughs) oh i'm doing great and um just to take it inform your uh, listening audience as to who i am Uh, my name is edward sanders i go by the name of um baraka Um, I am um, someone who had um, served 43 years in Michigan uh, prison, went to prison at the age of 17, returned home just before my 60th birthday. Within the four years that I've been home, I graduated from the University of Michigan School of Social Work. Um, After graduating, I got a job there at the University of Michigan School of Information. And just recently (laughs) I've made a transition from the um, School of Information as a place of employment, as a research assistant, to uh, Washington County Prosecutor's Office um, as a paralegal working Yay. the, um, the uh, Conviction and Integrity and Expungement Unit. So i not involved in taking and sending nobody to prison, but I am involved in taking and looking for those who may have been wrongfully incarcerated, which is what we advocate here on this show. So yes. I'm glad to um take and be a part of this. And um hey, hello.
0: Hey, yeah, I'm so glad you're here and congratulations. I know you're gonna be awesome on that job.
2: <laughs> oh, so God, I'm praying, I'm praying that I do an um excellent job in that capacity.
0: Oh you will. I know you will. You, Thank you.
2: will. Thank you guys for the confidence.
0: <laughs> you're welcome. Reverend Tia, little John. <laughs> Hey there, how you doing?
3: Uh, Oh, I'm
0: so glad to see
3: everyone. Look, I was in in the middle of reorganizing my life. (laughs) And I said, oh no, it's time, it's time. Listen, I am so glad to be a part of this and to pop up and to um, really begin to, I mean, the things that have been going on in this world a lot of times people are just not conscious. And it is so time for us to wake up. And I'm so glad that, uh, J-Love, that you have given this platform an opportunity to educate and to help us stay awake. And Barack and, and Trisha out there in the community all the time. Um, we can't do anything if we don't get out in the community. And I understand that more now than ever, especially with the current things that are happening uh, in the in our city and in our state. So thank you so much. I'm a Reverend, but I'm out trying to do what I can do.
0: <laughs> I hear you. Hi, Allie. how are you? You're muted. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> no, you're
4: fine. I'm doing good. Doing good. I'm glad, so glad to be here. Um, introduce myself. I'm Alexandria. I'm an activist, behavior therapist, coordinator, also on Kyra Bowden's, Representative Kyra Bowden's Advisory Council with Michigan Liberation Oakland County Team and Accountability for Dearborn. And I'm very happy to be
0: here and fighting this fight. I'm glad you're here too. You're doing something too. You um, Tell us about, you got some, uh, you working with someone, you're doing something awesome as well. Yeah, I have some upcoming events come
4: up. So uh, recently started a Southfield Coalition for Progress. Um, so local group focusing on um, no justice for those who are black incarcerated, those dealing with mental disabilities and physical I've um, and advocating uh, advocate for policy changes, et cetera. And this month is uh, Black, Indigenous, and PLC Mental Health Month. And it was founded by Black woman, B.B. Moore, in 2008. So in honor of that, I am uh, hosting a bunch of different events. So we just had our Mental Health First Aid training. Um, that was on the 8th and is also again on the 11th. On the 16th is our uh, Mental Health Community Uh, conversation for racial healing is a safe space. We'll have different mental health professionals there as well. Um, And then also we'll be having a uh, criminal justice rally and uh, Black and POC mental health conversation on the 24th. Um, So, yeah, so, you know, this month has been all about that, all about uh, Black and POC mental health. Um, You know, Black people are most impacted and uh, we need to start talking about this. This is, it's, you know, the stigma has to go. It's not something that should be swept under the rug. Um, and I just felt it really important to do something, especially this month.
0: Yes. That's awesome. So make sure you, um, uh, you send me some stuff so I could post it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll,
4: yeah. And I'll send some more and, uh, yeah,
0: for sure. I saw Attorney Hugo Matt, but uh, he left out for a minute. So when he comes on, we'll pop back in. But I also want to send some love out to um, Pamela White. She She's on every time um, we come on. She's always in the audience. And her mother just recently passed away. So I wanted to send her some extra love from us to her because we appreciate her she's always watching us yes we love you pamela yes and also i want to say too hi to everyone who's watching and for those who may watch us later or who may listen to us on spotify anchor amazon um uh what else i apple <laughs> um, all these platforms that we're on, getting the word out about um, injustice and wrongful convictions. So today we came, um, we're all here because of Michigan Justice Advocacy Group. And I'm going to bring them on to join us. Attorney Hugo Matt has not came back, but we're going. Hello, Jessica. Hi, guys. Uh, no. <laughs> and uh, I don't see Rich, but go ahead, and introduce yourself, Jessica, and tell us what it is that you do.
5: Well, for my side hustle, I'm a nurse practitioner just a few <laughs> days a week, and a mom and a wife, of course. So those are just a fun few of the fun things I like to do. And then for some reason, I decided that I wanted to be crazy and wear another hat and become uh, an advocate. And so um, last year, after we had tried to get that Michigan Prisoner Rehabilitation Credit Act, that petitioned for a good time last year that I'm so um, grateful for all the people out there that helped us collect signatures. Um, a group of us decided to come together and form an uh, official organization to try and um, go at it again, because we're not giving up until we get it done. So that's what we're doing this year and um, we're fighting hard for it. So that's why, that's why we're here today.
0: Yeah. So tell us for those who may not know uh, what it is that your um, your campaign is about. Tell, um, Can you tell us what good time what good time is? Sure.
5: So uh, Michigan is um, one of six states that don't have um, a a credit system. Um, and we are the only state that actually has 100% truth in sentencing, meaning that you have to serve 100% of your minimum sentence here in Michigan. Uh, yet in our county jails, you can earn 25% off of your sentence. Um, and there are uh, nine other states in our country that allow you to earn 50% or more off of your sentence um, in earning these credits um, that, that allow you to get home sooner to uh, re-enter society um, so that, that's what we're working on. We have draft language, um, that we're working on with, uh, legislators. So, um, I see our, our campaign director, Rich Griffin joined on too. Yes. Um,
0: hi, Rich. Can you introduce yourself? I don't know if he can hear me. He's muted. Hello. I don't think he can hear me. As a matter of fact, it looked like he's frozen. But mm-hmm. oh. <laughs> Attorney Hugo Mack is here. Hello. Hi, Attorney Hugo Hello. Mack. Hello. Look, can you hear me? Uh, yes, yes look, we can. Okay. Clear. Don't, you know,
6: we, we were doing we were doing just fine. We, look, we, we were doing just fine. Then something came on my screen that Edward was trying to join the group and couldn't get in. And then uh-huh. next thing I know, I was banished to s- <laughs> Siberia. You got kidnapped? Oh, okay. So I don't know what happened. Uh, well, so you're here now. I apologize, but I'm here now. I apologize. Right. I don't know what happened.
0: Well, well uh, Jessica introduced Is it me? Son.
6: Yeah. Trish- we hear you. Triche, <laughs> trishe Trishé. You've always been honest. Is it me? Is it me? So- <laughs>
0: It looks like Mr. Griffin is back, I think. Slowly. Yeah. So, Attorney Hugo Matt, could you introduce yourself and tell everyone who you are? I think they're having um, problems with the telephones. Attorney Hugo Matt, can you hear me?
6: Yes. Um once again. Um yes, yes. Can you hear me?
0: Yes, we can hear you.
6: Loud and clear. <clears throat> okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, my name is Hugo Mack. Um primarily a criminal defense attorney, but can't
0: hear you, attorney Matt. Okay, Attorney Hugo Matt, we can't hear you at all. Mr. Griffin, can you hear me?
7: I can. Can you hear me?
0: Excellent. We Miss Attorney Hugo Matt went out. So can you introduce yourself and tell us what it is that you're doing? We'll go back to sure. Attorney Hugo Matt.
7: No problem. No problem. And pardon me for some of the technicalities here. Um, I'm Rich Griffin. I'm the campaign director here at Michigan Justice Advocacy. And my role uh, here at this organization is to help with the uh, overall strategy and rollout of uh, this initiative for reestablishing a good time credit system in the Department of Corrections. Um, I, I heard Ms. Siminski uh, going over some of the particulars of, our, you know, what our legislative ask of this legislature is, um, you know. But overall, one of our primary goals is to make sure that we help the rest of Michiganders, uh, get away from the uh, exceedingly 2.1, 2200000000 billion budget for corrections that we have in this state is one of the things that uh, keeps us, you know, in, in a position of constantly having to have conversations about criminal justice reform in this space. Um, I've been here for a few months working as the campaign director, helping to drive what this initiative hopefully will turn into, uh, you know, a good time credit being system being established for those folks in the Department of Corrections and we can um, unilaterally dismantle mass incarceration, at least in this state as we know it currently.
0: So, and I, uh, Jessica or Rich, either one you can answer this one. At one time, did Michigan have a good time?
7: There There were some policies in place in the 60s and 70s that, um, you know, the Department of Corrections then went away from uh, disciplinary credits and earned time credits. Those things were were done away with over the decades where, you know, nationally we had mass incarceration as an issue, um, especially with the uh, oncoming of the policies that were instituted between 88 and 92, uh, the Crime Bill Act you know, precluded states from, from having some of those policies instituted. So to answer your question, Michigan, yes, prior to the 70s, had it, um, then went away from it and instituted an entirely different system.
0: Right, Baraka, um, maybe you can, um, was it the uh, prime bill that ended that? Can you hear me? Yes.
2: Um, Michigan has had a a, a good time statue longer than it hasn't had one. okay? We have a long history of having um, good time in this state. I myself, after having um, served um, um, 43 years in Michigan prison, um, benefited from that good time statue, even though it had been turned off. It was on when I went into the prison in 1975 and by the time I came out in 2017, they had ended. But they had put into the statute that I got resentenced under that I and others wouldn't be able to benefit from it, which was ex post facto. And the um, uh, um, Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals took an upheld our right to that good time. So as a result of that good time, even though I had been resentenced from a natural life to a parole, I mean, to, to, to a number of years. Which was 40 to 60 years. I had already served in assessed the, the minimum, which was 40 years, because I got credit for something like 42 years. But once the court took it upheld the good time, that literally took him obliterated the maximum of 60 years. Because not only had I accumulated good time, but I accumulated special good time as well. Now, Michigan, what I can say about good time michigan for a good while this state was following the advancements in in in, in the, uh, um, social science like in behavioral science etc they were taking it following the advancements where they were seeing that people would respond in positively to uh, uh, um, incentives and so forth and so michigan kind of like followed that for a while they were following evidence-based science but we kind of got away from that by taking and responding to uh, uh, the latest news news headline. You know, where a person committed a crime or recidivate, and the person got out on good time. Well, Michigan prisoners always, whether they have good time or not, we got a high rate of recidivism. It has nothing to do with the good time itself. But what the good time does have to do with is that the good time. Is the biggest cop on the prison yard. When you take good time out of prisons, you have to put more prison guards in the prisons, and that's more expensive. In addition to taking and putting more uh, guards in the prison, you have to have higher security prisons again, which is money. And even still, the prisons will be, will be unmanageable. In the time that they took Michigan's good time out of Michigan prisons, Michigan has, uh, uh, um, you have seen prison games excel in numbers. We don't have street games that literally came off the streets of Michigan. The games that we have here in Michigan in its prisons are East Coast and West Coast games, okay? When I went to prison, I served time in, in some of the, in, in the worst sale blocks, whether it was at the Michigan Reformatory or at Jackson State Penitentiary. Uh, in, in Ionia, I locked on four blocks. I mean, on, on the Fourth Gallery. In Jackson, I locked in four blocks. Both of those areas was considered the most notorious um, sale blocks that you had in the prison system. In Ionia, you had both of the um, most well-known street games that used to be on the, on the, on the, um, rock in Ionia on J4, the bishops and the chain, but the good time took and made it like as though they had never been in a game. You never seen any game activity from these guys. They were more concerned about earning their good time. When the good time was taken out by that time you had, the, the, the emerging of these um games from off the east coast and the west coast and that's what predominate inside our prisons today here in michigan and those games are finding their way on our streets the worst thing that our lawmakers ever did in the prison system was to take and take away the incentive for um behaving well while you're in prison. So if
5: I could add to that, um, I believe it was in 74 that there was a ballot initiative that an attorney uh, ran and uh, took away the good time credit. So then um, a few years later, they they made a new law that was for disciplinary credits. And so that happened all the way until um, the late 90s, when then the federal government gave more funding to have you build prisons and to um, house people for even longer, so that was um, you gave. Let's see, truth and sentencing was passed in 99, 98, and then we established it in two thousand to where you had to serve one hundred percent of your minimum sentence. However, many of the other states only went to the eighty five percent minimum that the the federal government was making you have to get their money. Now we have not had that federal funding in, gosh, almost twenty years it seems like. So that federal funding has been gone. So we're, we're just housing people for for the fun of it, I guess. But like like you were saying, um, as we have been in conversations with a lot of other stakeholders, one of them was MCO and the Michigan Corrections Officers Association. And and they too can even att- attest to the fact that when you give people an incentive on the inside, it, it builds hope. It builds it to where uh, a reward system And it changes the environment on the inside, even for the officers, because if if we're going to go to the table, we have to talk about everything. And officer wellness is a serious subject as well. And we, too, want the best for those guys. And and studies have shown that when you improve the environment, the work environment, which incentivizing good behavior, it it benefits officers as well. Yes,
4: that's, I mean, that goes back to therapy, you know, behavior therapy, incentivizing I mean, we do with our yeah. children, right? Yeah, that's, you know, and, and that was on the, we were trying to get that on the 2020 ballot, like in November, um, there was petitioning happening for all the protests and people were having people sign these petitions so we could get it to Whitmore. Um And I hate that we weren't able to do that. Um, it, it's, it's definitely like, it's, it's holding people back. Like it's, yeah, it's just really unfair.
5: Yeah, in some of our talks too with uh, the University of Michigan, JJ Prescott, who did a lot of research on uh, violent crimes, he was even telling us about uh, for anyone who, who goes with uh, over five years without committing a new crime, they become of the same likelihood um, as, as another person who's never committed a felony. So, and there is no magic number to send somebody to prison that says, this is gonna make sure they don't ever commit another crime. There's no there's no magic number, there's no formula. What we really need to do is incentivize behavior, then, then we can get these people to the parole board a lot sooner and then actually have that taken a look at to say, hey, is this person ready to be a productive member of society instead of just being punitive? You know, we. there's just so mm-hmm. much more that can be done.
0: Instead of warehousing people because that's mm-hmm. what they're doing right now. They're warehousing people, but it's called the Michigan Department of Corrections, but there is no correcting being done if people are just being warehoused. Yes, there's
5: that, right, so babysitting, the, you sit around play cards of,
0: and... <laughs> which is gonna if say, if Mr. I, Griffin?
7: Yeah, excuse me, thank you. I, if I can go back to a point made, not only by Jessica, but uh, the gentleman who spoke just before her, um, what, what we find where we find ourselves in Michigan today is the culmination of bad policy decision making over the last 30 years. Um, and and the, the Crime Bill Act, which I spoke to, it gave states um, incentives to uh, receive federal funding if they would enact mandatory minimums, build more prisons. Um, this was the brainchild, if you will, of what we know today as truth and sentencing. Um, where Michigan now is the sole state where 100% of those times uh, or that sentence is spent. But actually, in Michigan, you know, on average, a prisoner spends about 126% of their sentence behind bars. Um, So, you know, there is the connection between historical policies which get us to the place where we're still battling mass incarceration. The other side of it are the philosophies behind um, rehabilitation and correction, as you just mentioned, and as the gentleman spoke to. Um, I, too, am formally incarcerated, and, and, like, I don't know who he is, but the, the gentleman who spoke have served time in those same cell blocks. Um, as a juvenile, I was sent to the Michigan Department of Corrections for the rest of my life at the age of 16. So, like, understanding the different eras of time and generations of folks who come in the lack of um, programming uh, to to incentivize good behavior, all is, you know, an approach that uh, all of those things are variables and components that um, the entire state of Michigan need to take a new approach to how we deal with people who are incarcerated, whether we're speaking from a mental health component, uh, an economic component, housing component, all of these uh, variables are extremely important in the way in which we treat you know, a a demographic that is othered because of poverty, Uh, you know, crime isn't uh, a criminal issue. It's a poverty issue. And in our state, you know, we're allowing ourselves to spend $2.3 billion um, on an issue as opposed to addressing the root cause of it. Why we have so many African-American and Latino men and women in prisons here.
0: Absolutely. Attorney Hugo Mack, I see you back
6: Hi. Well, can, can right? Can you hear me?
0: Yes, we can hear you well.
6: <laughs> OK, let's try this for the 50th time. OK. Um, <laughs> I can just tell you personally and professionally, I agree with everything that has been said. I know from my personal experience uh, being uh, a returning citizen and as being an attorney, that when we take away the incentive for people to look towards the future, then they're stuck in looking at the present and worse, the past. And I'm telling you that you, you've heard commentary from two people that understand a cell block experience. I understand that experience quite well myself. And I'm saying that what has happened is with the likes of like the Engler administration, uh, closing mental health clinics down, uh, putting in truth and sentencing, and let me, Let me say this, let me say this. The the problem is when you have a violent crime that's committed, a lot of times we in society look for a reason, you know, why that happened. That's a good thing. But what's not good is when politicians seize on that, just in truth and sentencing, there was some, uh, some heinous crime that was committed by a person, I think he murdered maybe some people in a family or something like that. And the politicians took that rather than dealing with the root cause of that or holding that particular individual responsible to say look if this person had not been out this would not have happened well that's that's not true you don't know when it would have happened or if it would have happened that's the same kind of argument that the previous administration on a federal level has said in doing away with sanctuary cities you know if these people aren't here or if we herd them up like cattle and shipped them across the border the southern border of course, you notice nobody's talking about the northern border <laughs> and ship them across the southern border. Uh, you know, all our problems would be gone. So the problem that I see, and I, I signed that petition, by the way, to uh, put that on the ballot to, to restore good time. But the problem we have, and I don't know how many of you saw the announcement by James Craig speaking to the Jackson uh, Republicans. The problem you've got is you've got people who look like me are really going to be out there fanning that flame of, look, we don't need to be letting people out. We need to be putting more people in because they're a threat to your safety. And so what I'm concerned about is, is that unless we have the public will to do it and enough of us vote, that that system is going to stay in place because it fits the political ends of those people who want to get that police support, that lock them up support and appeal to our greater demons, you know, instead of our greater angels.
0: Yes, and and see that narrative that you know lock them up, lock them up. You're going to be safe. It's not a true. It's not truth. I mean, um, no, it's not. They've it's been not. locking up people, and the streets are no safer. I mean, their crime is no less. <laughs> but right. they run that right. fear based narrative every day, right. and then we go for it, and and, and what results is mass incarceration. Trisha. That's
1: right. You know, two things I want to say very quickly, and I'm going to say quickly because it's a bunch of us and I do not want to take up too much time. Mm -hmm. I seen on the news, and we're talking about second chances, right? We're talking about good time. We're talking about finding value in people, right? So how about the prosecutor of Washington County was down at the bus station along with the chief assistant prosecutor, and uh, the um, director of the Conviction Integrity Unit, they're going down there to give second chances, right? To do offer expungements. I'll be doggone if somebody, and I ain't going to call their name, representing the NAACP, okay? Had the nerve to say the prosecutor ain't got no business down here trying to act like a defense attorney trying to offer people second chances and I'm saying to myself, you from the NAACP and you don't honor second chances? I'm talking about the mindset of people that don't understand. I am not my mistake. I am not my error. I am not what I did. That is what I did, but who I am as a person, see me, honor me, respect me, love me, but that's not what the system does. Second thing, great friend of mine, Darwin Page, he murdered the man who killed his mother. It was her dying declaration to her 14-year-old son. Showed her 14-year-old son, you go and you kill the person who did this to me. And she died. Okay? At age 16, he did that. This man has been in prison for 28, maybe 29 years now. Will not get a second chance. And when I tell you the parole board will just stamp his... Stamp his file and send it back, won't even call him down for a hearing. What huh? So he doesn't deserve a second chance. And so then we start to advocate him, advocate for him. We're writing letters, we're doing all this stuff. They had the nerve to put in writing that we believe that he would be a menace to society if he is released. This man is 40 something years old. He just wants a chance to come back into the community and live his life. But you believe. okay? and now I don't know why they believe that, because they give a uh, assessment. Now, this is MDLC's assessment. He is the lowest risk offender. If he is the lowest risk offender in your assessment, then why will the uh, parole board not let him go? Because they are not paid, they don't wanna let people go. They wanna keep that door revolving so that they can continue to make billions and billions of dollars. And they've been able to do this because we've been silent. But thankful to agencies like Michigan Advocacy group here and 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 Gerard justice for Gerard movement and so many other movements we are not bowing down to this foolishness anymore we've got to continue to use our voices to fight back against this unjust system that will continue to lock us up and throw away yes
0: Amen. yes because Jessica um uh your initiative or the initiative that your group is pushing it's like, um, and correct me, um, it's 30 days credit for 30 days good behavior, right?
5: Yes, um, and I, I'd like to just add something to Trisha's comment about um, age and um, aging out of crime. Yeah. Uh, currently in the Michigan Department of Corrections, uh, over 15,000 people are over the age of 40. 3,000 people are over the age of 60. And when you start at the age of 35, um, every five years you get older, the recidivism rate drops by 4%. Um, so by the time you're 60, it's less than 4%. And so these are off of the MDOC's numbers and data that they gave us. So that's where we pulled that from if anybody wants to know. But can you believe that? So we're how, over half of the person population right now. You know, their recidivism rates are so low. But going back to what you said about our, our, our draft language. So yes, 30 days. Um, served uh, 30 days off. And that's if you um, go that 30 days without a class one misconduct ticket. Um, And the reason we chose the 30 days was because um, and after talking with MDOC, that's the type of calculations that they already use because they do have a time computation team already. Um, I think it had three or four people in that team. So um, they, they already have that capabilities. It would need some tweaking for their system, of course. Uh, for new programming and whatnot but then also um we want it to be retroactive so our language in our bill says it's retroactive and it applies to all crime categories because uh like you like you said to Trisha, is that you know who are we to say if somebody deserves or is redeemable you know if we put this out there and say you know here's your opportunity you have the choice and whether or not you choose to take advantage of this opportunity and so uh, retroactive, all crime categories, thirty day for thirty day, very simple. That's what we wanted to be, very very simple.
0: That's awesome. Rabbitia. Yeah, you know,
3: I really like what everyone has said. I I am in agreement. I think that also we need to consider with and when it comes to the prison system is definitely how much they are making. On the lives that are working within there, and and it's sad to say, money is the it, it is seems to be the catalyst of many decisions that are made in this United States. And so, when you look at uh, when you look at the prison population, when you look at definitely just looking at Michigan, I look at Michigan alone, and and the private uh, companies that were behind it, now they're trying to reconstruct reconstruct private so that if you look at it, you have some companies that are saying, well, they're not for profit. And what they're doing is they are making it so that the those people who are serving prison time can learn a trade. And when they get out, they will be able to get employment. That's what they say. Is happening. However, some of these companies that have been, I know one in particular, has been within the, crim- the um, prison system doing this since 1943. And so at some point, we have to look at what is the benefit for some people. Because some people benefit from other people serving time. And they are economically benefiting. And until we get there, until we begin to say no more, you cannot profit off of these people. It's just modern day slavery. And we need to stop it and stop acting like it's not existing. It is a problem. Mm -hmm.
6: Mm
0: -hmm. We have a question for one of the um, the people that's uh, watching, PG actually. Um, She would like to know if it's possible to introduce a bill that will allow the men and women who are incarcerated to give fair wages so that people can pay child support and sedatives. This will prevent prison exportation work. What are your thoughts on this panel? Okay. See, and I just got finished
3: talking about (laughs) (laughs) the payment. Yeah, and then some of the corporations will be like, well, maybe I don't want to do this anymore. If they had to get, if they were able to get the pay that they would get if they were not incarcerated, then the corporations would say, oh, well, well, we we do that anyway. We do that anyway out in the community. Yeah, I agree. I agree.
0: Attorney Hugo
6: Well... I wanna be sure I, I, I understood the, the question. Are are they saying pay people in the penitentiary the same wages that people in the free world get? She said a fair wage. Well, you know, I mean, I'm gonna tell you something about myself. In, in my penitentiary experience, I worked 99% of the time in the law library. And at $3.26 a day, I was a very rich man in the penitentiary, all right? Mm-hmm. Um, so in in terms of of a, of, a, of a fair wage, I think that it's more realistic to say a wage that's more commensurate with the expenses that are there. I mean, there's an inmate store, for example, okay um, mm-hmm. uh, that 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 exorbitant prices were were being charged, no no discounts there. And, and in terms of, of packages that people could send in and, and buying shoes, there were no discounts there, TVs and things like that. So I, I think it, it's more realistic to say we need to up the wages of individuals in the, in the penitentiary. I don't think the legislature would ever do something as in a free world uh, economy. Not that I'm opposed to that, but it certainly needs to be up from what it is. Uh, Porter's jobs, making you know, pennies a day, which is ridiculous. Uh it, it was always a good thing if somebody could get a job working in the in the kitchen. The kitchen workers, when I was there, made more money than anybody else, you know. So mm-hmm. everybody wanted to get a kitchen job. So um I agree with the concept of increasing pay because when you make a man or a woman work for literally slave wages, uh, you aren't making yourself safe. So I'd rather see our tax dollars go. Towards paying people more of a, of a fair wage, if you want to call it that, in a penitentiary, because w- we're going to benefit from that in the long run.
3: Reverie. Yeah, I, I think I think though what the um, and I agree I agree with what you're saying. What the person was alluding to was the fact that some of these people are serving time, and they have families. They have children. The children are suffering. There's no. How do you? Where's what kind of child support is there? And, and so, mm-hmm. um, and and so you many times you'll see a family, and not only did the parent go to prison, but then the child also ends up in the system some kind of way in a system, mm-hmm. and then they go to the system because they they haven't had their needs met.
1: It's slavery. That's right.
6: Mm-hmm. That's
1: right. That's, right. That's right. right. You know, and the thing is this when our loved ones are incarcerated, they're not being rehabilitated, they're not getting much needed counseling. I mean, the, the trauma That that, it, that is endured that I can only imagine, and my brothers right here know, but the trauma that is endured. And then you have these companies that make billions and billions of dollars, make them pay for health care make them pay for for mental health services, make them pay for this stuff. Then the state saves money. So see, if you want to be a good steward as a state, then you will allow these companies to pay individuals what they're worth. I don't care where we are. We're human beings. If you say that individuals that work should not be paid less than what the, uh, what do they call that? the state oh. uh, minimum wage, oh. then doggone it, mm. that's what should be given to individuals who are incarcerated. Listen, and, and then maybe it wouldn't be such a dog-eat-dog society where everybody's trying to figure out how to get money in, how to, you know, I mean... It, Mm-hmm. If we do this thing the right way, it'll bring about the results that we need. We're just looking at it from one angle. No, we're not gonna give prisoners that money, but what about the good stuff you could do by rehabilitate rehabilitating folks so that when they come home, they're ready to come home and they they don't
0: they don't have to come home with, packed with so much trauma right 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 I have a there's another question. This is for Hugo Rich, but Rich, uh, he's not on right now. Um, but Edward probably can answer, um, this question as well. Um, if good time had been available for you as proposed, how would it help you during your incarceration?
2: Good time was available to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the formal good time statue, as I pointed out, I went to prison in 1975. I didn't come home until 2017, okay? Just, just, just a few days ago um, would have ma- marked the fourth year that I've been home, okay? I received good time, but I was unable to take and benefit from that good time immediately because I was serving a natural life sentence, just like the other gentleman that was on here. I don't know how long he spent in prison, but I went to prison as early as 1975. So I got good time, I got special good time, but I couldn't take and benefit from that, and until I had been resentenced to a number of years. Once I was resentenced to a number of years, even though the legislature had put inside of that statute that I was supposed to receive it, the court agreed with us that that provision was ex post facto, meaning that the government was trying to take something from us that we had already earned, that the law had already gave us. That's how inclusive. Michigan's previous Good Time statute was. It didn't exclude anyone, including those who was convicted for first-degree murder, okay? So it's a very, we shouldn't take him, uh, um, receive from that. We should continue to insist that every single person is eligible for Good Time because the idea is to make the prison manageable. Everybody in the prison contributes to that, not some of the people that would actually be disruptive to the prison system that some prisoners would receive it as some individuals who are incarcerated would receive good time and others wouldn't, okay? That would be very disruptive. We are in a position to take and run a smart campaign, not emotional campaign on restoring good time because the evidence is there. Mm -hmm. When, when, when When a person that is incarcerated commits a, a, a misconduct while incarcerated doing good time, they hold administrative hearing to determine how much of the good time that that person had earned and or special good time that that person had earned that will be taken away from them retroactively. They don't only take and deny you under the statute the good time that you could have got for the month in which you caught that ticket. They can even go back months and years, I've seen people who had lost decades of good time because of their behavior. And believe me, they woke up real fast. They woke up and everybody else took notice of it, that that was a fool, that you lost that much good time. And people would constantly tell that person, you lost that much good time over a particular thing. Okay? So we can run a smart campaign. We can take and show that under the formal law, the system would take and address misbehavior by taking a hold in administrative hearing. Under the present under the present status, they have to take and consider whether or not to take and charge the person with another crime for misconduct inside of the prison because they don't have no other tools available to them. And do you know what the local, do you know what the local town say to that? They say, we don't have the money for you to continuously uh, 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 prosecute people who were already in prison. That's what happened in Ionia. That's what happened in Jackson. That's what happened in Muskegon. All of the local money is drained by the prison officials constantly running to prosecutors and asking the prosecutors to, to prosecute these people for mis, misbehavior while in prison, where before they used to take and be able to take years of good time. So there was no incentive to take and prosecute them because they had, they had tools to work with. They don't have those tools no more. You know, that's just one example. And this is why I'm saying you are in a position to run excellent, excellent, smart campaigns. You, you previously had a young lady, uh, uh, Armani Sharari, She did an excellent job running across the state. You even had, she was all up here in Ann Arbor at the university. Um, she was all over the state. Um, and I would hope that you guys um, would, would take him, team up with her. But you need to also list the many smart arguments that support this position. You know, you need to take and list them. there, there are dozens of them, you know, there are dozens of them you, and you won't run out of them.
5: Oh, if I could add, uh, our legislation actually has removed the capabilities of the wardens uh, to just remove somebody's good time. Uh, it has to be you can only take away that month. So, we've taken away the capabilities of having that astronomical punishment that that where you take somebody's entire good time back, or oh, we're going to be nice to you today and we'll give you some back. So, we've taken that that away in our in our bill language. And and I can also add that um, you know, congratulations. Uh, to to Imani and and she just did such an amazing job uh, getting us this far, and that's why we decided to pick up and continue the momentum and carry it on. And so uh, this summer, we just have this amazing campaign where we're trying to get people across the state to join us and get out there and canvas and we're we're passing out these postcards where a good time makes good sense and then on the back we have a qr code um where we are trying to have people sign our online petition which then will um send your legislator senator and representative a letter saying that you support this type of language in our legislation and um you know the more people that sign it too can say you know look at we have we have 500,000 signatures that people of your state say that this is a good policy and you need to do something about it. Michigan is just so far behind, but that's what we're doing this summer because we plan on dropping this legislation in both the House and the Senate in September. And so we're looking for organizations to get behind us and and really help us with this lift and get this done finally because we know it's what's best for Michigan. Yes, your
2: please. Father, I didn't mean to um, take a step on anybody conversation, but if I may also take an ad, remember, the prisoners lost um, good time as a result of winning the rights, civil rights arguments in conditions of confinement. As a result of Michigan prisons aging, and at the time, the prisons that existed at the time was practically 100 years old. You're talking about Jackson and Marquette and and ionia those facilities was practically 100 years old if not older than 100 and the courts took and said that the conditions in those prisons were so horrific that they took an order the department of correction to either take and uh, uh, um build new prisons or to take and give the people the incentive that was living under those conditions because they thought it was too expensive to build prisons at the time they took and gave the guys 90 days off of their good time after the prison was successfully uh, consecutively uh, 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 overcrowded for 90 days, and then they would declare emergency. Well, you had people that was envy of that, and they pushed back on it. And they used every time that someone got in trouble, they pointed out that that person got out early under that, that, uh, under that um, uh, um, law, because they didn't agree with the law in the first place. So they got so extreme that they went back and not only stopped the Emergency Powers Act, but they took away the Good Times statue as well. And that's not a way that we should take and respond to our own behavior or taking and violating human rights inside of our facilities. We are a state, a sovereign state, we are a democratic state, and in a democratic in a democracy, everything we do is a experiment, experiment, okay? But we haven't. Ex- our experiments tell us that it worked. It compared to what we now have. Good time worked it in comparison to not having good time. Both of these things have been an experiment: having it, not having it. When you put up the the effects of the two, you're gonna see that the one experiment uh, um overrode the other experiment. Not, irregardless of the arguments, the emotional arguments that we place. On the table, one of them worked it better than the other one, and the one that worked it better was the one that had good time. Period.
0: Attorney Hugo Matt. Attorney Hugo Matt. You can't hear me. Go ahead, Ali. You was gonna say something earlier. Well. uh, no Oh, here. Oh no, Allie, Allie, go ahead. Go ahead, Ali. Okay.
4: Okay, I So that was just really quick. I, um, in reference to Jessica's petition and, and any other information I can get behind support, please send that to me. Uh, you know, you know, because I just feel like this isn't isn't talked about enough a lot of time, you know, policing, um, police in general, that's the focus. But really it's about that too, getting people out of this system. It's about where it stops and where it starts the entry point the exit point or the end point for some people um, so that's super important uh, but I'm here to support and yeah I, I'm just glad to see this work being done um, and, and glad that the election not getting that on the ballot felt like defeating because it's such a big thing um, that needs to go um, and I'm glad to see people still doing the work uh, to remove do to that so.
0: And I put the link on there uh, on the screen. Now, if you want to find out more information about good time makes good sense or to sign a petition or for volunteer opportunities, go to www.mijustice.org. Attorney Hugo, Matt, you were going to say something.
6: I guess that's... Well, just to agree with what everybody else has said, and uh, like I said, I signed that petition last year. I uh, was very... Uh, I, I signed that petition last year, and I applaud all those who want to keep the fight going. You know, um, I met Miss Sawari, you know, or interviewed her, you know, um, and, and my heart is there and, you know, with, with all of us, because I'm, I'm going to say it again. I'm, I'm going to say it one more time, what other people have already said. If people are so concerned about public safety, then understand that when you give a man or woman a chance to come back with a sense of humanity of something they've earned in the penitentiary, everybody may not earn a GED. Everybody may not earn a certificate. Everybody may not earn some kind of advanced training but you can earn your freedom, you know? And that is such a big part to me of, of what I'm about, people being given a chance to earn their freedom. And so that, that's why uh, you, you, you put the link up there, J Love? Yes,
0: I did, I'll put it back up there
6: oh, again. Okay, I, I wanna be sure to be, be active and support that any way, uh, any way I can.
0: Right, I put the link back up for those that's viewing and who may watch it later. And for those who are listening, the link is www.michiganmijustice.org You can find out about the Good Time Makes Good Sense campaign. And you can sign a petition there, I already signed it. And uh, for volunteer opportunities, right, Jessica?
5: Yes, absolutely. Because um, we have uh, great team leaders in Detroit, Grand Rapids, and uh, Kalamazoo area, Lansing, uh, and we're looking for some more. We're we're here in Traverse City right now for the Cherry Festival. Rich and I both. I'm staying at a lovely place here that I'm so excited to hit the, hit the pavement tomorrow morning, bright and early to educate the great, uh, great Grand Traverse County here. Um, So, so that's just so exciting. We're here, you know, to, to tell people what it is that we're doing and, and why we're so passionate about it, you know, and, I know everybody, you know, some people have shared some of their backstories, but I, too, am justice impacted. And I think it's important that we bring up the victims or crime survivors. Uh, This conversation wouldn't be complete without it. And that is something that's always brought up um, when we're talking to legislators. Um, They want to know what victims say. And I can tell you that in some of our research with uh, um, the uh, Alliance for Safety and Justice, they did a 10 year study on Michigan specifically where they uh, had interviewed several of the crime survivors. And they do also have a great crime survivors organization um, where crime survivors go across the country and trying to make laws um, that do a better job for trauma uh, trauma centers and also for um, better victim compensation because that also is very difficult. Um, But what I'd like to say about being a crime survivor myself, because um, when my husband was sent to prison, uh, you know, it... (laughs) It rocked my world and I became justice impacted. I became a crime survivor. Um, You know, we have two small children together and these last (laughs) over five years have been very difficult and we've had to navigate the system and it's been traumatic in so many different ways that I too am a crime survivor in in different aspect uh, because I don't wanna take away from people who had different experiences because I I can't imagine some other things, but, but I am not the same person I was 10 years ago and i'm sure that there are many people on the inside that aren't and i think that we have to we have to take our emotions out of this i think this was said earlier in the in the conversations that we have to go off of the evidence based practice and we have to see what's working in other states and i can tell you that in new york they they implemented a, a credit system and their recidivism rates went down that happened to, happened in washington as well Um, And, and, you know, Michigan is behind. We're the only state that makes you serve 100% of your entire sentence. Something is wrong with that. You know, we could do so much more with the money that we would save. $2.1 billion is spent. We spend the most amount of money in the entire country on our corrections budget. We have the longest time served in the entire country. I mean, that just speaks volumes right there, you know? So I just wanted to add the crime survivors aspect, you know, and and six out of 10 crime survivors, they say that they'd rather have rehabilitation, incentives while they're inside, instead of just these long, long sentences where people just sit and do nothing with their time. So I just wanted to make sure that we talked about those as well.
0: Right. Okay. And also for the, all the people who ran on justice reform, uh, we had so many uh, people who ran on justice reform promised reform good time uh, it should be a no-brainer for reform if you're really true about reform this should be a no-brainer uh, I do
4: um just I guess uh this is more of a question I don't know uh, <laughs> we'll see uh in terms of like You know, looking at all these places, doing different things, you know, to change the system, whether policing, whether prosecutorial or the prisons. um, That is something I hear a lot. Uh, I will hear politicians say, oh, well, where are they doing that? How has it been? Um, How's it been going? They always are looking for like (laughs) some like type of evidence or something to for them to want to do it. And, um, my worry with that is, you know, a lot of these are new, a lot of these changes to the system. Like we haven't had people completely getting mental health crisis response teams, like just doing that. We haven't had, um, there's cities who have completely gotten rid of the police department and they're starting anew. There's places who are, um, defunding the police and, you know, there is not like a bunch of evidence out there for every single example because we've had the same system for so long but the same thing doing that over again that's insanity if something's not working if you're doing that again it's insanity and that's what's been happening and um so that's my only worry with like just going through and not saying you were or anything but like but that just made me think of all these situations and the when solving these problems and trying to figure out Is they, it's a lot of going the evidence-based way only, like, is there research to back it? Is there proof of somewhere doing it when we have not done those things? So it's hard to just go that route into this.
5: Um, Right. And here in Michigan, uh, when we go to the legislators, because we've talked to uh, at least 99 out of the representatives. And I think close to 30 of the senators about our bill language. We've talked to them about, you know, how, how they feel about these things. Um, several of them asked, you know, what are the recidivism rates of the states that um, do have a good time system? And most of them are lower than Michigan. So, so those, those are great points to point out to that. And I just, uh, you know, I just want to take emotions out of that, because if you think about it, I was so emotional. I didn't even remember that first year when my husband was gone, where you know we're going through the the criminal process um and i don't even remember it how can we ask somebody to make decisions be- when, when we're in trauma like that and so so when some people say you know what would you do you're never you're not gonna know you're not in a place to make those kinds of decisions you need you need healing you need time and then you can actually look at something fresh you know instead of sometimes we say what does the victim want and and you know, it's
0: just hard when there's so many emotions. Touché.
1: Yeah, I'd like to push back just a little bit there because, see, that's the problem. We too much in our heads and not in our hearts. See, if we open up our hearts, then we open our heart to humanity. If we open our heart to humanity, then we're more apt to give people a second chance. See, that's the problem. We so worried about the numbers. They don't give a about the numbers. The numbers has been there. Yeah, the research and years and years and years they've been compiling these numbers and they still haven't done anything. These people need a heart check, they need to check their hearts because if you believe and you have a good heart, you will believe and want to give people a second chance. We got to get out of our heads and we got to open our hearts.
5: Amen. Absolutely. That's just that's absolutely what we got to do. You know, we want, we want people to give us a second chance, but as soon as we're sinned against, Oh no, how did you do that? How could you ever do that? But we, we too have to be able to be forgiving. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. It to you.
3: Yeah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. We, we have got to humanize it and, and, and because that's, that's the thing it, it When you just see numbers, you see numbers, but we haven't, there's, for some reason, we don't want to humanize, we don't want to feel, and we have to humanize this thing. Because they have data. Michigan is the most antiquated system worldwide, worldwide. And that was, that was even when I was in grad school. It was worldwide, the most antiquated one state. So this is this is a mindset of not wanting to change until until it appears they become so criticized that they feel humili- humiliated. We have got to get to humiliation. They have got to hear it over and over again. There is no reason why we can have evidence-based behavioral training with autistic children. We do it all the time, all day, every day. We do it with children, with behavior issues that happen in the school. But we have not applied these same techniques at the prison level. This is asinine. It is ridiculous that we even have to continue having this conversation. They need to be humiliated and more people need to write about it, including myself, so that it's written about and constantly going to the lawmakers and saying, look, you guys are looking really stupid here. Just plain and simple. Compare us with other states. Give them the numbers. Okay, you got the numbers. Give them some people. Give them some faces.
5: Yeah." Humanize it, just like you guys said. Put putting a face behind all that. I know that even for myself, i I would have never known about any of this until I became justice impacted, and, and until this thing is in your backyard, in your face, uh, you, you're not gonna you're not gonna get any changes, and you're not gonna have people that want to make change until we get in their face and show them that, hey, we're not going anywhere. We're going to fight this till the end until you give us what we want. And we need good time because it's what's right.
7: Yeah.
4: And and uh, Tia, what you are saying about the numbers and them just seeing it as numbers, that makes me think of, um, you know, when I looked at Livonia uh, Mission and I looked at the data there and finally got that data. And then when I looked at Dearborn, you know, looking at those numbers, like I couldn't take it. Like it made me cry. So all i am seeing, all I saw is like black people being pulled over and having family members who have been through that. And it's just like, I wish somebody felt like that, you know, that was working in those government facilities when they saw that data. Cause then maybe they would do something too, like I'm doing.
0: Right, and that's, well, why, that's why we're here.
5: We need, <laughs> we need everyone to just help us show up, show up at the Capitol lawn that day that we dropped that legislation. In a big force, you know, be a, a big force that just cannot be denied because this the state. Once we're educated on it, I think it'll be very clear, very clear to everyone that this is the right choice for Michigan.
0: Right, and 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 I want to say that's why we're here on Fridays. You know, I didn't know anything myself. I was like, you know, was what you call a zombie, just sleepwalking until I was impacted, and then once I was impacted by it. I could not shut up about it because I saw so many other people who this was happening to and they didn't know either. And until we start all taking the responsibility of we tell one person or two people a week or a day about you know what's going on, people can become more aware. I mean, these are good times makes good sense. It's not being talked about on the news. It's not being talked about, you know, on these shows that come on, you know, outside of us or, you know, grassroots people out here putting the information out. So we have to uh, work together as a community to help because not only, like you said earlier, not only does it help the person inside, it helps the whole society, everyone in Michigan. Attorney Hugo Matt.
6: Um, amen and amen, you know. Um, I wish we had a collective plate to pass to put some money in on this because it it's true. I mean, I'm a living witness to it. It's true. Um, in my experience, they had disciplinary credits, you know, and special disciplinary credits. So I made it my business to get every disciplinary credit possible and every special disciplinary credit possible. And, you know, um. That was my overriding goal because I had uh, a purpose, to get back to the free world and work for vindication. So uh, without that, I I mean, I'm not sure what might have happened. Maybe I I wouldn't have held my tongue the many times that I held my tongue. Or maybe I would have looked back at somebody nasty when they were looking at me nasty if if that wasn't there. But it was there. And by the way, that that goes for inmates and, and officers too. See, because I've been called the N word by an officer. And if it wasn't for those things that go into the hole and uh losing uh, time and, and and probably getting beat up beyond recognition, I might have reacted differently to those officers. But but uh, but thank god I didn't, you know.
7: Yeah,
0: um, uh, Edward, do you have anything to add? Yes, Um, uh, you know,
2: we, we tend to take it have where our government pretend tend to take and believe that this is or try to advocate that this is an issue between those who offend and those who are victimized by their offense. But uh, really we live in a society where the government over penalize um, when there's an incident. And in fact, we penalize to the extent that when a person committed offense in this country, they literally lose their citizenship, okay? So this is not just simply about good time, remember. When you, commit a, when you commit an offense in this nation, you lose your citizenship. Yes. That's why I refuse to refer to myself as a returning citizen. No one goes to prison and return home with their constitutional rights. I do not have the right to take and defend myself. I can't de- uh, uh, defend a woman and a child. I can live in a home with a woman and a child and both of them have a greater right to take and hold a firearm than I do as a man, okay? that's dehumanizing. It strips me of my constitutional right. I can even be denied the right to move into the home with my woman or my wife, my spouse, upon returning back from prison if she's living in a state or government owned a, a, a housing projects. And in fact, I can be denied by a housing division if they're receiving money from a federal program, if they are receiving money from a state or federal program, they can tell me because I haven't been home for five years that I don't qualify, that I don't qualify to take and live in that community. So who returns home from prison and live out on the street for five years? Where do the person that's coming home live at for five years before he or she qualified to live in a community, okay? People are denied the basic necessities in terms of social uh, of safety nets when they return home from prison. This is, these are things that are even given, given to immigrants that come to our society. We are decent enough as a society that we give this to non-U.S. citizens. But as a U.S. citizen that has been, that has committed a misdemeanor or a felony, you are denied these things. So even where some people might take and listen to us and think that we are taking and advocating some type of cuddling of people who commit uh, um, uh, um, offenses against society, society got too big of a feat on those who commit offense. You don't help a victim when you take and beat down a perpetrator to the point that you make them a non-citizen when you get through with the with the with the perk you haven't benefited you haven't did anything for the uh, uh, uh um the victim of that crime because now he or she live in the society with thousands millions of other people that's living in their societies that are now no longer citizens in the society and they do things that now their peoples do that doesn't have a stake in the society that's what you get when you when you take and brutalize, brutalize people because they have, they have made a mistake in their life. And that's what we do. We have millions of people in this society that are now no longer citizens in this country. Let's quit celebrating the book, the new Jim Crow and understand it and respond to it effectively.
0: Yes, Trisha. Yeah,
2: I mean, it's, it's
1: nothing left to say. Let's get it done. Allie?
4: Um yeah, I'm with Trisha. Feet <laughs> on the ground. As It's time to kick up some dust and get it done.
0: Yes. Rabbitia. You muted,
3: Rabbitia. Yes, I'm with everyone. One hundred percent. It's time to get it done and and really educate people because they don't know, and yes, 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 yes. We got we got to get that good time back in. That's the first thing. Sign every petition and do what you can when you can. But there's no reason for us to continue in this ignorance. Yes,
0: moment. some good
6: trouble.
0: Right, attorney Hugo Matt.
6: <laughs> Nothing more to be said. Um, <laughs> okay. Would w- Would you be able to post that? That link in, in the message to the group in case I can't pick it up on my phone here.
0: Is is in there. Yeah.
6: Oh, okay. I'll you. Okay, thank you.
0: <laughs> I'll send it to
6: you again. All right.
0: And 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 Jessica, no. any last words? No, we just we
5: need bodies, guys. We we need we need mm-hmm. bodies back in it. You know, we need we're coming to a town near you, and I need your help going door to door and and telling people what's going on in, in their hometown. We need we need help so yes. give us a hand guys and get, let's get this let's get this done mm-hmm.
0: yes good time makes good sense thank you everyone for joining us today uh, we'll see you if we don't see, we might pop up again between now and uh, August but until then thank you you
6: okay. <laughs> <Once laughs> <in>, <laughs> Go, <laughs>